right. It is a special to the Sunday night edition of the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Well, now that I'm actually able to get online and have a conversation with you, I'm, I'm doing great. I was um, I was very pissed off last night, as, as you may have caught wind of. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, you know, I was, ladies and gentlemen, I was ready. I was excited. I, I was, I, you know, I even, I even told, I even told my family, you know, we're gonna have a kick-ass show. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, and then, and then around one, two in the afternoon, things start going sideways because my power keeps going in and out, in and out, and it, you know, foot. It fucks up your internet. It fucks up the cable, you know. Yeah. And it's just like by by the time eight o'clock rolled around, you know, it it, it started coming back on consistently. But the, like I didn't want, I didn't want to come back on here because I'm like, well, if this thing goes out again, I don't want to have to redo this thing three goddamn times. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so I was just like, okay, we'll, we'll just hold off until tomorrow. So. Luckily today we're good, and um, you know we're gonna have some fun. And uh, it would it would appear that we have permanently moved past the headphone wrestling matches. <laughs> Holy gee! Uh, okay, so how's your Sunday been though? My 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 Sunday has been very good. I uh, sat outside for a long time. I had a good dinner. Hopefully, I'll I don't. I'll tell you what, my Sunday's been garbage. This is like the worst day. It's like, because. What happened? No, it's just one of those days that like drags on. It feels like it never, it's never going to end. Oh, oh, so you didn't have much to do today? No, it was it was terrible. Like, my brother usually comes over, we have lunch, and then uh, it passes uh, every, it passes by quickly. My neighbor comes over, my parents play. They're dominoes with uh, play dominoes, and uh, but today was nothing. Today was just uh, just that, went by slow. That's when you take a nap. Well, that's what I've been doing all day. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no one. So no wonder you're so spry. <laughs> and then uh, so last night we had no show, so I sat down and watched a movie I had never seen before. Which one was that? An American Werewolf in London. I actually hear that's pretty good. What did you, What did you think? Uh, I, I didn't really like it much. It, it put me to sleep. It was just... Oh. Well, um, I've, I've never seen it. I just heard it was good, but... But, and uh, then I went out to IMDb to look it up. They got like a seven out of ten. But then there were a lot of people that rated it a one out of ten. They said like it, it's one of the most overrated movies, and they just didn't uh, like it at all. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of movies, Mom and I spent a fair chunk of the evening watching uh, the original Jaws. So that was pretty good. I mean, the original. You mean Jaws one? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm like the original Jaws. There is only one Jaws. <laughs> well, no, they have a bunch of the sequels. No, I know. Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You said the original Jaws. I'm like, there's only one. There's only one original Jaws. All the others are ripoffs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, there is uh, this one that's really terrible that is an actual ripoff. It's called Great White from like 1980. Oh, it's God. terrible. I saw it on YouTube. It's, it's garbage. Aside uh, so from American Wolf in London, I saw a couple of wrestling videos. Um, these are like the old, like, it's called the Glory Days Wrestling, but it's like it's the old wrestling, like from like the 50s and Gorge George and all that, which I'm like, uh, it's kind of hard to get through if you don't usually watch that, that wrestling, like, on a, like, consistently. Yeah. So for me, it was hard to get through. And then um, I was watching uh, Minji Oakland posted this uh, one video uh, called Classic Wrestling Glow. Oh, well, that had to be very interesting. So yeah, that, and then uh, there was, then there's, uh, I got a couple of other ones. One's called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Another one's called Rolling BB's uh, Volume 1, and then there's, no, Volume 2, and then there's uh, Teddy Biasi, the Price of Fame documentary that I really want to watch. Oh, well, that one should be good. I, I always enjoyed Ted DiBiase. And, and I have the resurrection of Jake Roberts uh, queued up as well. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of like, wrestling documentaries. Two weeks got a lot of wrestling stuff going on. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I'm more of a Netflix, Amazon Prime guy. Oh, see, my, I created a monster with my dad because his whole day is on Netflix. And then uh, when he gets bored of all these movies, he, he runs through them all. He's, he asks me, he's like, can you change some of these movies? I'm like, I can't do that. Netflix changes the movies. He <laughs> 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 thinks I can just automatically go in there and change the movies. To like, to like, no, Netflix does that. Yeah, that's, that, that's cool, though. <laughs> So yeah, so at seventy nine years old, the man's hooked on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So um, tonight we've got the usual weekend wrestling. Uh, I got three questions that uh, uh, we uh, we were talking about on Friday night. Um, okay, so we have we also have this weekend wrestling. We have the G one climax nights one and two. Going to preview night three and four. And then we have uh, the Time Warp, which is going to consist of the money that was from February of 93. And then um, we're going to, and then of course we have Wrestling Roulette. And uh, we're going to change things up a bit after we review these, uh, the Raw from 93. Because I'm going to, I'll tell you about that off air. And, and don't forget, we also have the 93 have Royal, Royal, Royal Rumble. Yep. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, yeah, so the changes, I'll tell you that off air. Okay. All right, so uh, let's uh, kick things off with uh, the G1 Climax Nights 1 and 2. Ben, I already told you, this is like my favorite time of the year. It's like a whole month of New Japan wrestling. Uh, very cool. So the way this works, um, there's four blocks. Um, yeah, they have all the all the NJPW stars divided into four block different blocks: block A, block C, block block A, block B, block C, and block D. The matches uh, go like this: you get 
two points for a win, one point for a loss, zero points if it's a draw. Okay. So, night one took place last night. Saturday. Right. But, but already, can I do the ask you question? So why why would a loss garner somebody more points than a, than a draw? To me, that doesn't make sense. No, uh, a point. That's like one point. But you, but you just you just said a loss is one point, and then a draw is zero, right? Yeah. That that doesn't make sense. I, I well, no, that's uh, that's what I have here in front of me. That's how the they have the scoring. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not arguing with you, but no, I know. I'm I'm saying I I agree. It's like it's uh because you know tournament rules. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, two points for a win. Oh no, sorry. I um. Okay, you know what? I fucked up. It's two points for a win, one point for a drop, zero points for a loss. So I fucked up there. Okay. So that's my bad. All right. So night one took place Saturday, July 16th from the from Hokai Kitayel in, in Sapporo, Japan. Right. So here we go. Um, first of all, the pre-show, we had a whole bunch of tag team matches. We had Tom Lawler defeating Kosei Fujita. Tom Lawler is a former UFC fighter. Let me tell, let me tell you something. You 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 do not want to fuck with Tom Lawler. No, I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm surprised he was on the pre-show because he's a very well-known MMA fighter. Well, okay, now a lot of these guys that are on the pre-show, yeah, are also in the G1 climax. But when when this is not their night. They're, they usually they usually placed in tag team matches, but they're still part of the tournament. Very good. So then we had the mighty Don't Neil defeating Toriano and Rio Riohe Oiwa. So the mighty Don't Neil is made up of Bad Dude Tito and Jonah, the former Bronson Reed. Then we had the House of Torture, Evil Yujiro Takahashi, and Show defeating the Gorillas of Destiny and David Finley. Oh, Gorillas of Destiny lost. That's surprising. Yep. And in and then we had the Bullet Club, Kenta, Juice Robinson, Bad Luck Folly, and Chase Owens defeating Suzuki Goon, made up of Lance Archer, Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, and Takamichinoku. Uh, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> Holy shit! And in the and in, Wait, how I wonder and, how I wonder how old Takemichinoku is now because he's. You know like, what? I can actually look that up right now for you. I'm just I'm just curious because he, you know I remember him from like '98. So, you know. so Takemichinoku is 48 years old. So he's oh. like he's my age. <laughs> okay, well, then he's much younger than I thought he was. Okay. And in the final tag team match of the pre-show, we had Chaos made up of Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi defeating Los Ingobernables de Japón, made up of Tetsunaido, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. And those are two of my favorites right there, Naido and Takagi. 
Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I will say that I was like really bummed out that uh, we didn't get uh, Naito or um, or Tamahiro Ishii on Forbidden Door. Right, especially now. Have you ever seen Naito? No, but but I oh. I had, you know what um, I had I had heard awesome things, so I was kind of. I was kind of curious. Yeah, this you know, guy's he... one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, maybe I should maybe I should try to make more use of that um, website you turned me on to to, to check out more NJPW. Well, really, just... if, if you don't have NJPW World, that's the best way to watch New Japan or like uh, look up like the various New Japan stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I don't have uh, New Japan and Progress. I'll tell you what, between, I mean, I know it's not much, but between paying for Peacock and, um, you know, Netflix, and luckily my brother pays for Netflix, so that's not, you know, that, that's not my problem. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just between all my workouts and stuff, if I added yeah. too, too much more onto the... Uh, onto the plate i'd be out of money yeah all right now on to the main tournament this is night one and we had block in block c we had toa hanare defeating hiroshi tanahashi then we had will osprey defeating el phantasmo in the block d match block- I, bet, I bet you that was a fantastic match that was a great match yes Block B had Jay White defeating Sonata. And in the main event, Block A, Kazuchika Okada defeating Jeff Cobb. Oh, that had to be. That had to be a knockdown, dry out fight. So the way the standings are for night one, Okada has two points. And is ranked one. Lance Archer. Uh, everything else is uh, zero. Uh, Jay White is leading in block B with two points. Hanare is leading in block C with two points. And Osprey is leading in block D with two points. So let me ask you a question. So how many matches are in each block before the, the, um, before the competitors face members of different blocks? Well, this is uh, only, um, so let's take a look. This is only um, the first night. So each block has about, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven. Okay, each block has seven uh, wrestlers. So say uh, it's Kazushiko Okada. He has six matches. He has to face every wrestler in his block first. So there's six matches. And then uh, if he moves, whoever moves on in those blocks faces off against other the other wrestlers from the other blocks. Okay. That, that, was, that was my question. Because I wasn't sure if they faced off with each other or members of different blocks. Yeah, no. First, so. the first it starts with uh, each member in uh, their block, and then they Whoever moves on in the tournament faces the others in block B, okay. C, and D. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So night two, we're still in Sapporo and more tag team matches on the pre-show. Finley and, <laughs> Finley and Yoshihashi defeated Team Filthy made up of Royce, Isaac, and Tom Lawler. Huh. And match two at Bullet Club defeating Suzuki Goon. This time it's Phantasmo and Bad Luck Folly defeating Takamichinoko and Lance Archer. Very cool. The first time, the first appearance of uh, United Empire, Toa Hanari, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeating House of Torture, Dick Togo, Sho, Yujiro, Takahashi, and Evil. I'll, I'll tell you what, outside, outside, of the, outside of the tag team matches, this, this does seem like it would have been a good tournament show. Now, Yujiro Takahashi, um, this guy is part of Bullet Club. He is known as the Tokyo Pimp. Oh, oh God. <laughs> the Tokyo Pimp. Yes. Uh, then we had, had the Bullet Club, uh, more Bullet Club members as Chase Owens and Jay White defeat Jado and Tamatonga. And in the final tag team match, Chaos made up of Kasushika Okada, Hiroki Gosu, and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating LIJ made up of Bushi, Sanada, and Tetsunaido. On tonight, on tonight, two of the tournament, starting with Block B, Tai Chi defeating Tomohiro Ishii, which was surprising. Yeah, I'm I'm floored by that to tell you the truth. Now Tai Chi, I already told you this guy's the Phantom of the Opera gimmick. Uh, that comes out to the ring, walks out to the ring with the with the microphones and uh, pretends like he's singing. Oh God. Yeah. No, I, we we have we have enough of that gimmick with the girls and. In uh, AEW, we don't. <laughs> right? No. Maka Ito is one of them. And then. Uh, Emi Sakura? Yes. The, la- the last time I saw it was with Maka Ito, and luckily that was a while ago. Um, but uh, it was just like, oh. Yeah. Make it stop. <laughs> and then in block A, we have Toru Yano. This guy's a. Comedy, the comedy spot in New Japan. Uh, basically, his whole gimmick is comedy spots and matches. He defeated Jonah. What? Yeah, I know. It's surprising. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. Say that. Say, say that line again. I'm not sure I heard you correctly. Toru Yano defeated Jonah. Ah, oh, Jesus. And 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 yet I. You know, I can't, I can't really bitch about it because I don't watch NJPW, so that's not really fair for me. But does that strike you as odd? Yes. Uh, but um, he's known to do well in the early going in the early stages of the, the, these tournaments. But then, like later on, he gets eliminated along the way. But usually he does well in the early stages. But this one was surprising that he beat Jonah. I mean, come on. Oh, Lord. Then we had Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Kenta by submission. In block C action. Oh, my God. Defeating Kenta. 
And then the main event had Block D, Juice Robinson defeating Shingo Takagi. So as the tournament scores stand, Okada still leads with two. Yano has two points in Block A. Block B, Jay White still is still number one uh, with two points as uh, he was off uh, on night two. Tai Chi got two points. Uh, Zach, and Zach Sabre Jr. in Block C and in Block D, we had Juice Robinson. So everyone's all all tied up at two. Wow. So some, night, su- some surprising results there. So night three is going to take place from Miyagi, Japan, in Sendai Miyagi. And the card is as follows. Lance Archer versus Bad Luck Fale. Tamatanga versus Chase Owens. Hiroki Godu versus Tetsuna Ido. David Finley versus Yujiro Takahashi. And in night four from Tokyo, we have Kazushika Okada versus Toru Yanu. Tomohiro Ishii versus Jay White. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Toa Hanare. And Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi. Oh, well, you know, I'd, I'd be very curious to see how that unfolds because um, from the results you've told me so far, I'm already floored by some of it. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, it kind of, um, you know, piques my curiosity a little bit to check out more NJPW, especially in the, in the, um, in the afterburner effects of uh, Forbidden Door. And what I like about this is you don't know who's going to win this tournament. Yeah. You you can just, uh, you can make a prediction, but you don't, like, you can't um, set set these uh, matches up. So So you're going to win the tournament because you don't know who's going to win. Well, so what you're saying is it's much less predictable than, yeah. say, WWE or something like that. Yep. Okay. That's what I love about the NGBW. Cool. And this, and this tournament. Well, well, oh, you know, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I have already admitted that I'm not um, up on NJPW, and, that's, and that is a glaring exception in my knowledge of professional wrestling. But um, you know, after after seeing Forbidden Door and being so impressed with that, I, I would definitely be more open to checking out NJPW. So uh, I'm now I'm much more interested to hear to hear uh, further reports on the um, on climax. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so that's you, fine. So that's uh, nice congratulations. Congratulations, you hooked me. <laughs> So night three and four will take place uh, this week. I believe it's uh, Wednesday. I I'm gonna have to look that up on the New Japan website. But uh, now we're gonna move on to this week in wrestling, uh, starting with Monday Night Raw. All right, you want me to do that? Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about who's gonna do what shows. Uh, but uh, do you want to do Raw or SmackDown? It's up to you. I can take Raw if you want. Okay. Actually, yeah, I'll do SmackDown. You can do Raw. All right. And, of course, I left you a message at the bottom of the screen. 
Oh, uh, I have not checked that because I had you in little in little things. Um, apparently. Okay. Uh, do we have? Uh, I, I don't know if you see the top of your screen. Do you see the top of your screen? Uh, yeah, I have never seen that before. Right. Uh, not with us. I've seen it when we had like three or more people, but. Yeah. That's going to be okay. That's interesting. I guess Zoom yeah. updated it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, but, but moving on. So, we'll start with WWE Monday Night Raw, which Ben, and now, okay, before we go on with this, what do you think about this TV going back to this TV for TV 14? Okay. I'm going to try not to take up the rest of the five-minute blocks that we have before we got to log back into Zoom. But can people just relax, please? Oh, right. what, what do you mean? Because... Are, 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 they, are they starting with the Attitude Era garbage again? Well, you know, they're like, oh, the, the TV product is going to be so much better. Oh, TV 14. And, like, look... To be fair, I I understand the excitement because for for years, you know, especially um, back when I was in my twenties, I was I was like begging for that. You know what I mean? Because I I really did. I, I thought it would in, improve things. So it, like I understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. but at, at the same time, I just feel like. We're not going to see really big changes until until the balance of power in WWE shifts. And, and, and that's not me being sour grapes, or that's not even taking into account the controversy that's going on with with, with Vince. That's an entirely different different conversation that we've had ad nauseum already, and I'm tired of talking about it. But um. But in terms of in terms of seeing, uh, you know, change in the product in WWE, I understand why people are so hungry for it. But the bottom line here, people, is that the the two major people that are in charge of WWE and what we see on TV are 76 years old, and the other guy is in his mid 60s, I believe. I don't know exactly how old Bruce Prichard is, but my okay, point. I gotta look that up now. Go on, I gotta, I'm gonna look that up right now. But my my point being is that you know these people are trying to write television that appeals to you know young kids and and people that are our age, you know, in the um, you know 18 to 49. Uh, demographic and, and and more specifically, you know, maybe the eighteen to thirty four dem- demographic, and I'm I'm most sad to admit that I'm on the last year of that demographic, so I don't know if within okay, the next... so Bruce Richard is fifty nine years old. Well, you know, it's still yeah. I no, think I, got... I had to like that up because it was going to bother me otherwise. <laughs> but but it, it's just like. Until the attitude of the people holding the pen changes, it's not, I don't care about uh, TV rating, you know, because think of of it this way, right? So 
in in the attitude era, we we saw such things, which is the last time it was really TV fourteen, uh, yeah, where the content was noticeable that it was like TV fourteen because, well, I can't really say that because the TV PG thing started in two thousand eight. But my point being, um, is that you know. I don't need to see hot lesbian action or, <laughs> or you know, live sex celebrations or castrations on Raw or or the birthing of hands. You know that, that if that that's was what the brutal. You see, you see, this is why people. I think people misunderstand when I say the absolute era sucked. It's because of stuff like that. Because I want to watch wrestling. I don't want to see all this crash TV that they were doing back then. Well, I think I think I think people remember the attitude era fondly, myself included, for the for the legendary feuds that we saw. Yeah, I I, I remember for like DX, The Undertaker, The Rock, and you stuff know. like that. Like. Now that 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 I'm saying, yeah, Seattle was cool, but like for like, if you're looking at the whole era, it was a lot of it was just not good. Yeah, and and with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, we'll be right back. Yep. We gotta take a technical break, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right. So before uh, we had to take a break, we were talking about um the TV fourteen, the Edgeyer and stuff. So that brings us to. Uh, did you have anything else before we go on? Well, not, not only only to say, like, I I just wish people would um, would understand the the people that we're talking about in terms of like who's in charge. Like, I would I would have I would have more faith that things were going to change if this was Vince twenty years ago. Or 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 Vince in the in the attitude era, not now. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. Like if this was, if this was, um, you know, back when in doing the clowns era, and we're we're dealing with cartoon shit, and Doink we're the <laughs> no, and we're dealing with with Mantar and 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 fucking Duke the dumpster. <laughs> and, and then they said they want to change things up. I have more faith, but to me, what we're dealing with now, outside of a couple notable exceptions like Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns and you know Seth Rollins, a lot of what we're seeing on TV now is very much similar to what we saw in like '95. You know what I mean? It, it's that's what it reminds me of, and that's why I hate it so much. So I, I mean, I get it, but it's just like the the same people are still in charge, and and, and um, the saying "the pen is mightier than the, than the sword" is true, and it's very apropos in the case of. Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown potentially going t- TV fourteen. SmackDown needs help. Seriously. Yes. Well. Well, both of them do, but but SmackDown in particular. SmackDown more. SmackDown is garbage. Yeah. Gone down so bad. Yes, absolutely. And um, 
and we'll definitely get into some of that when we go on to review SmackDown in just a little bit, probably in the next recording. Um, but the um, the other the other thing that I want that I want to say here is um, I just I am so lost with WWE TV now. It it is really hard for me to care about anything. Um, you know, and, and and that's hard to say because you know we come on here and have and have a lot of fun bringing you guys a podcast. But it's like when we when we hear big news items like this and the and the and the Twitter sphere and whatever happens to go crazy, it's just like, hold on, let's just you know, let's just contain ourselves, you know, because. You know, we've we've seen this stuff kind of recently. You know, not not necessarily with the, with the TV fourteen, but like back in twenty nineteen. You know, all the McMahon's came on TV and were like, "We realize that this is very challenging, uh, and that our product hasn't been that good, and we're, and we're going to change." Fast forward, it's the middle of twenty twenty two, and nothing's changed. You know, and. I think people are getting over overexcited about the possibility of change. One, because they're so hungry for it, but two, because of the aforementioned uh, controversy that's going on with Vince. Uh, you know, everybody thinks, okay, well, this might be the beginning of, of a new era. And you know, my my personal opinion is this: um, Does all this stuff make Vince look bad? Sure. But at the end of the day, having an affair is not illegal, um, you know, and, and, and everybody's getting, getting uh, you know, tangled up in like the, the $12 million payments and, the, and, and, and all, the, all the figures, and that's understandable. But the other thing we got to think of is that it takes two to tango and, and, and scenarios like this and yeah he paid out 12 million dollars but the other the other people also took 12 million dollars so you know what is what does that say so it's just like you know like if this wasn't like if this story did not involve the name Vince McMahon nobody would be fucking blanking right now right we hear, I mean, we hear about this shit in corporate America all the time. This is not new. You know, it, it it's not new that there's a possibility that a big corporate head honcho could possibly be an asshole. You know, I've never met Vince. I don't. I don't know. I mean, we talk shit about his creative because he deserves to be talked shit about from that perspective. But I don't know him as a human being. But but the very idea that he might be an asshole, that's not a new concept. And it, it, it hasn't been new in a very long time for him or any other corporate bigwig. So it's just like, you know, settle down, you know, go go grab a snack <laughs> and, and, and let's see how things unfold. We'll have an ego. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I I I tend to I tend to laugh at some of these news items sometimes. 
because because the other the other aspect of it is like I I worked in the news for for years. I did. I mean, I I saw how things were put together and presented to the public. So it's like, you know, sensationalism is nothing new to me. So it's just like settle down, have an ego with maple syrup. You know, everybody everybody likes blueberry, and I'm like, no, no, um, or like boysenberry or whatever the fuck it is, and I'm like, no. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking shit. We're having fun, but just you know, but just relax. All right, so um, not to money at all. Um, oh God! Speaking um, of talking shit. I please I give us that opening segment to Paul Heyman. Anytime Paul Heyman's on the screen, like it's a, it's a high point. You got you got love Paul Heyman on the mic. I agree. Um, I, I I I think it's now, especially with what he said, he's going to train Robert Reigns to be. <laughs> I'm gonna get this right. He's gonna reach through with Brock Lesnar and pull his heart out. Yeah, well, well, that was that was a visual I did not need. Right? I was like, wait a minute, what? No. I'm like, you got a way with words there, bro. You're, you're gonna you're gonna reach through Brock's ass. I don't know what kind of fantasies you got going on there, but I'm not really interested. <laughs> that's going to leave a mark. I don't know how that's uh, going to work, but no. A very, pa- a very painful mark. I that's, an image, that's an image I, I, can do without, I can do without. Exactly. <laughs> but but uh, Brock Lesnar's uh, reaction, though, was hilarious with the way he starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Another high point that I gave to Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio, but the promo before that, I didn't like. Uh, Judgment Day uh, has lost it. No, uh, you know, and, and I'm not really interested in Judgment Day. Judgment Day was doomed to fail the second that um, Edge left. Mm-hmm. And so I'm... And, and if reports are true, I don't blame Edge for wanting out. Um, but if um, reports are true. Um, oh, the the um with the supernatural pre- stuff. Yes. Yeah, but see, like we've said before, he was doing that stuff when he was with the Ministry of Darkness. I'm not sure what the difference is between that and this time. I do. Okay. Because because this is PG. WWE, this is this is uh, this is current WWE fucking style, you know. And the last time we saw supernatural elements in this day and age, fucking Shayna Baszler was scared of a doll backstage. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? and so it's like I don't blame Edge for not wanting a part of that. All right, so that's my high point. And another high point I gave to the team of Lashley and Riddle defeating Rollins and uh, Theory. Yeah. And low points I gave to Bianca Belair and Carmella. And you know what? Corey Graves needs to dial it back. Yeah, I, I've said that every week now, pretty much. 
Uh, just stop. And, and did you notice even the announcers were telling them to calm down? Yeah. Right. So if if your if your coworker is telling you to just relax and dial it back, that's telling you something. You know, maybe you should stop doing this. Yeah. We get it. You're married to Carmela. We get it. Okay. You don't have to like do this every go through this every week. Yeah. And uh, another one, um, AJ Styles and Ezekiel, and it hurts me to say, put this as a low point, but AJ Styles and Ezekiel versus the Miz and Champa. Oh, absolutely. And I, I will never not say this as long as this team is a thing. So, um, you know, bear with me. But the fact that the Miz... Is is partner is partner with Champa is disgusting. The fact that Champa is where he is when you compare, you know, this run on Raw to his run with Black and Gold, it it pitiful, pitiful. All right. Um. Do you have anything to add to um, the points? Well, a, a little, a, a little bit. So. Um, I do agree with the opening segment being being a high point. Um, the, the only thing that the only thing that I would um, that I would say there was one part of it that I think would qualify as a low point, and um, and that is Chad Gable and Otis were involved in this segment. And yes, it was a very cool visual to see Brock pick up Otis like it was nothing. But Otis is not a small man. Mm-hmm. So that 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 was impressive. I mean, Brock is everything he's advertised to be. That guy is a fucking monster. Yep. Um but but my the low point from this segment comes in the fact that like why do you have to have Chad Gable and Otis? being given to Lesnar to beat up. Why can't it be somebody else? Why can't it be like Akira Tozawa and fucking Reggie? Right? Where were they? Did they get the night off? You know, but as as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, at least at least before um at least before Otis started vomiting hot dogs on July 4th, you know Prior to prior to that, they were being booked in a pretty serious fashion. So I'm not really I'm not really sure why that they had to be the ones to take the whip take the whooping from uh, Brock. Mm-hmm. So that part was a was a low point. Um, uh, but getting to, to the high points uh, quickly, I would say uh, Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor was a high point. The actual match. Um, I did, I did not like the promo beforehand, but, um, and then another high point was, um, was our truth segment with, um, the Street Profits and the Usos. That was hilarious. Um, and trust me, we got, we got more news when it comes to the Street Profits and the Usos when it comes to SmackDown. And the rest of the news regarding that situation is not a high point. So stay, <laughs> with, stay with me. Let, let, let's, just, let's just give these 
give these guys a high point along with our truth while we still can because that's not going to bleed into the SmackDown review, I can assure you. Um, and then I, I also thought that um, Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Nikki Ashton and uh, Piper Niven, you fucking assholes. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was a low point. Um, and, and um, yeah, that's all I had for high, high and low points. All right, so that's all we have for Monday Night Raw. Yeah. All right, so um, moving on to NXT real quick. Um, I'm just going to... Oh, God. See, okay, all right. Okay, I I I have to remember this is your segment, but I think I think I know where you're going with this. So I'll let you do your bit, but then I, I got a question for you here. Okay, so just uh, real quick, uh, the main thing that the only one uh, main uh, thing happened on this show. First of all, Giovanni Vinci Paulo Cruz was a high point. I'm liking this Giovanni Vinci character. Yeah, I can I can see that. I like him too. And the Von Wagner Solo Sikora match was a high point. Everything else was just a low point. Uh Kanan Carter, uh JD McDonald, which they've killed Jordan Devlin already by renaming him. Well, in, yeah. In the Hardwell Lash Legend. Now here's where here's the what I what I really want to give you. Okay. Roxanne Perez versus Mandy Rose was a high point. But what the fuck? Cora Jade turns heel. Cora Jade just got there and she's already being thrown into storylines where she's turning heel one week after they win the women's tag team championships. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. And, and this is why I, I'm mystified when people are just like, let shit play out. Let, you know, you know, no, I, I'm sure I, I'm surely better and it wasn't that bad. Yes, it was that no, much we we were said we said on Friday night. If it's terrible and it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense because <laughs> because because check this out. Now now I will again just like I just like I did with the NJPW statement, I will admit to you. I don't watch NXT on a weekly basis, but I do try to catch little snippets and stuff so I have something intelligent to say when my esteemed Canadian co-host um, does his NXT bits. Um, so I, 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 do ha- I do have this to add, if I could, Elio, just real quick. Um, why is it that this was done this way when, if you think about it, um, we spent all this time, pretty much the entirety of 2022, finding a partner uh, for um, Cora Jade to take down uh, Toxic Attraction. She went through multiple partners. Um, and so they finally, they finally found the right fit with... Uh, Roxanne Perez, and they finally win the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Only for not not only did Cora Jade turn heel, but she turned heel in the weakest possible way. 
which I'll get to in a second because I want to I want to get your thoughts as to how this was executed. Aside from the fact that it was a horrible idea to turn her heel right now, um, but it, it's just like you undo several months of, of of TV, seven months of TV for this to be the case, and it's just like you ask me why I don't like NXT now. This is why I don't like NXT. This this segment right here, and um, and 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 now now let's get to let's get to the really uh, spicy shit. And it's gonna it's gonna be very hard for me not to yell and scream and 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 use every catchphrase that the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast has ever come up with. But I will use one. Actually, I'm going to let Elio do it because he he does it so much better than I do. Now look. What the fuck was the idea with that skateboard? <laughs> you know, it, like... <laughs> so bad. It, it broke even before it hit Rob's head. <laughs> no, what? That was so horrific, ladies and gentlemen. And, and credit and cr- credit to... um. Credit to her for um, for not like freezing and being like, oh, what the fuck do I do? But that looked horrific. And plus, it was so obvious it was a gimmick skateboard. Now, I I understand why things are gimmicked in professional wrestling. I'm not stupid. Like you could legitimately hurt somebody if if certain things are not gimmicked heavily. But um, I, I like the guitar that Hoggy Tuck Man hit Jake with that. That was supposed to be, but uh, someone forgot to do it. And so it really hit Jake. Um, well, well, yeah, I'm not sure how that happened, but. Um, yeah. No, I'm saying because uh, they, they were talking about it. But it's just like, what in the fuck was that? What the fuck was it? Because, because. Not only, not only was it a terrible idea, not only was the spot executed poorly, not only did it look asinine uh, for it to happen the way it did, but you also, you also, um, the, can I just say, the NXT parking lot, ladies and gentlemen, this was, this is more deadly than fucking hell in a cell at this point. The the history of the damage that has been done in the NXT parking lot is ridiculous. I mean, there are past storylines that still have not been uh, solved surrounding the NXT parking lot. Um, you know, and 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 I could go off on a, on a, on a half-hour thing detailing the history of, of this setting. I'm not going to do that, though, because I'm trying to move on, and apparently we're, we're on a timer um, here. Um, I don't know exactly where we're at with this current timer. Um, but um, but it, long story short, this is just horrific. No, we're good. I just have to plug my computer in. Was, uh, the battery was low. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, this, this was not executed well. And, um, 
And, you know, timing-wise, it was very odd. I'm not sure why Cora Jade had to turn heel now. Uh, You know, if you want to turn her heel, wait until you have, you know, at least like one or at least like one or even more pay-per-views. Right. Um, to on which to to feature it, you know what I mean? Um, that would that would have made more sense, but I think even then I still would have had a problem with it. Um, but you know, I it's almost it's almost as if I can't speak of NXT without getting upset. But this this is the exact reason why I get so upset. Why the fuck? Do you have one guy overseeing three shows and you expect you expect shit like this not to happen? Um Bruce, um not not to be an asshole, but but I'm going to be. Um you fucking suck at your job. I don't know what I don't know what you've done. In in thirty years to earn an old man's trust like this, but but my God, somebody needs to to figuratively, I stress figuratively because the sensitive IWC might cancel me for this. Figuratively, somebody needs to take you out to pasture, and you need to stop booking WWE TV. Because you suck. The only way people are going to remember you finally is if they enjoyed Brother Love and if you actually leave WWE TV. Oh, and by the way, while you're at it, uh, Bruce, Brucey, um, could you take Kevin Dunn with you? Could you take Vince with you? I uh, this shit sucks. And, and, and the other the other thing about about NXT that I want to talk about, not necessarily this episode, but this is what I'm seeing online. You know, everybody's been uh, really excited since news broke that um, you know Triple H was back in the Performance Center, and oh, he might be coming back to NXT, and and he very well might. I and I hope to God that eventually he does. Um. But if you think that Triple H is is wearing a headset while this kind of shit is going on, clearly you've never watched NXT Black and Gold. And for that reason, I feel bad for you. If if this right here is your only exposure to NXT, may your soul rest in peace. Because holy shit. I can't do this, Elio. I can't do this. I hear you. You know, this, this is this is why you have to review NXT on a weekly basis. Like, I'll I'll do the uh, the specials with you. I'll do the big sh- the you know the big shows. Uh, you know, and, and you know if you if you need me for wrestling POV, I'll watch it on those weeks. But I I, I can't do this on a weekly basis. It's just my heart can't my heart can't take it. All right, so uh, that's all I've got for NXT. Um, we want to AEW Dynamite. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I'm going to step away. I'll be right back. While okay. You... okay. Very good. So uh, 
to kick off our dynamite review, um, I want to talk about the TNT championship match between Orange Cassidy and Warlow that kicked off the show. Now, from um, I really enjoyed everything to do um, with this match. I thought I thought this was excellent. Um, and, um, you know, Orange, Orange Cassidy, I've said this in, in, in our Forbidden Door pay-per-view review show. Um, you know, I didn't know that Orange Cassidy was this talented. I thought his, I thought his gimmick was like surrounded in comedy and it kind of, I didn't get it. And I, I, I just, I kind of misjudge Orange Cassidy because, yes, do I like the gimmick Orange Cassidy? No, but the guy behind it can can wrestle, and he really proved that at Forbidden Door against Will Ospreay. So, um, I was um, I was quite um, I was quite pleased when I saw that um, Orange Cassidy was going to be. Uh, Wardlow's first opponent um, for the uh, TNT title. Now, obviously, uh, no one expects um, Wardlow to lose the TNT title after he just had that uh, very dominant showing against the former champion Scorpio Sky. But ha- having having said that, the, the entire uh, presentation of this match, even the even the comedic elements, which I don't typically enjoy, with um, with Orange Cassidy, were were done very well. Especially when he uh, ripped when Wardlow ripped off his pockets and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, that so that that was definitely a high point to open the the evening, and then um, the high points uh, continue to roll because. Um, uh, Takeshda versus Moxley was awesome, and especially with William Regal on commentary. I love that little touch that n- now that every time there's a, a Blackpool Combat Club member in the ring, they always have uh, William Regal on commentary. Yes, uh, take my money for that. Absolutely. Um and uh, can, can I just say, unfortunately, I don't have. Oh, actually, my co-host is back uh, in the in the chair. I'm sorry, I was looking at the at the review, and then I just tuned back in to uh, to our um, our Zoom feed. So uh, Elio is back behind the desk, um, but um, so I'm sure I'm sure he'll agree with me when I say. Um, Takeshda needs to be signed, and um, th- this was definitely a uh, a great match with John Moxley. I've been and, saying I've been saying the wrong wrong way for a while now. Yeah, well, no, because like when I when I when I first tried to pronounce it, this is why I don't try to pronounce these these uh, these Japanese names, and I mean, I mean no disrespect, but I, I slaughter them because the first time I tried to, um, how 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 are you saying it? I was I was saying, I was saying, Takashita. No, his first name though. Uh, well, 
Um, I I could I couldn't I would have said Kanasuki. That's um, what, that's the way I was saying it, and then then I on 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 AW it says Kanosuke Takeshita. Yeah, I was like, so, I've been saying his name the wrong way the whole time. What's going on? So yeah, I mean, <laughs> so front ways and back ways. I was say, I was saying Takeshita's name wrong for a long time. I'm right there with you, but. Uh, this match with uh, John Moxley was great, and um, you know, the, and the thing about uh, the the thing about John Moxley is, um, since he came into AEW, um, he's really embraced his hardcore style of um, of wrestling, and I'm not the biggest fan of the hardcore style. Even when even when AEW does it, like for instance, overall I enjoyed the blood and guts match, but when when, um, when Moxley stab, I think he stabbed Daniel Garcia in the head with a fork, um, and I um, I know he stabbed somebody in the head with a fork, I, but I think it was Daniel Garcia, and that I was like, you know, come on, man, we we don't need to be doing that. Okay, Ben. Now, um. I told you I watched Tubi and they have a lot of wrestling stuff on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, they have one. They have one video of uh, one season of CZW, and I, I, I tried to, I just couldn't uh, sit down and watch it. Well, no, but but you know, it's like even when I, when I was a kid, and I would see Combat Zone wrestling videos in. Um, I had I, I had this video store by me called uh called Video Times, and I would always go in there and and look at the wrestling videos, um and and a lot of what they had that that were not WWE was combats on wrestling. So the first time I the first time I I saw that I actually picked one up because I had never heard of combats on wrestling. So I'm like oh you know new wrestling company yay. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of thing, and and I put it, I put it in there, and obviously neither my mom or myself knew what it was because if my mom knew about it, she wouldn't have let me purchase it. Well, because you know this was really hardcore, you know, barbed wire and light tubes and shit like that, and um, you know, even even before I saw the clip with what happened to Nick Nick, Nick Gage, this was well beforehand. You know, but even even as even as a kid, I understood what was in a light tube. I I I know that mercury can fuck you up tremendously. Screw you know, screw getting cut up. If mercury gets in your blood, there's a chance you might be fucked up. Regardless of any bump or, or you know shot you take to the head. And, and yeah, you know Nick Nick Gage got fucked up because you know his his like his like armpit got cut and he almost died and shit. But aside aside from all of that, like I you know you just don't fuck with mercury. There are certain substances you just don't fuck with. And and so that kind of turned me off of uh, combat zone wrestling. Plus, you know, let's be honest with you folks, like. Barbed wire matches, I, I've I've never liked those either. 
I mean, when when Abyss was doing them, you know, and, and you know, he had a match with uh, with, with Sabu in uh, in um, in uh, TNA, and I watched that. I almost vomited. And to to me, that's not wrestling. And you're like, like, oh, well, you're fans of ECW. Yes, I'm a fan of ECW, but I'm not a fan of of barbed wire being involved. Yep. So, um, so, but getting back to to Kesha and Moxley, this was a this was a very good match, and I'm being given the three minute countdown. Uh, and actually, I can see the clock, so I I know. Um, but, um, <laughs> but please don't send Rosie or Jamal after me because, <laughs> uh, you know, just no, uh, <laughs> rest in peace Rosie for sure. Um, but n- no, I don't need a three minute warning from Eric Bischoff or Rico. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so th- this match on, uh, on Dynamite was absolutely a highlight, and I, I would like to see uh, Takeshita get signed because I think he's fantastic. Um, I like the presentation that they're doing with Luchasaurus. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this uh, heel Luchasaurus. So that that that's cool. And then um, I kind of I kind of uh, expected a little bit more. Um, out of uh, Castanoli and Hager, but that that might have been because we've seen it so many times in WWE that I was like, okay. Um, but then then the low points um, really uh, really got going. Um, Anna J and uh, Serena D was a low point, and that's rare. Uh, for me to mention uh, Serena D's name with a low point, but that definitely was. Um, I really, I really don't understand what they're trying to do with Layla Gray and um, and Jade Cargill and the baddies. That was a low point for me, but but the high point of all high points, since we got the two low points out of the way, can we talk about how awesome this match um, for the AEW Tag Team Titles was? This triple threat was awesome. Let's talk about the result, though. Um, a lot of uh, people, including me, were very, very surprised that Swerve Strickland and uh, Keith Lee got the victory because just last month, the Young Bucks got this victory. Now, I looked this up, at, I looked this up um, a, a few days after it aired because I was very curious to see what news would come out of this. Apparently. I believe it was Matt Jackson who who got hurt on a basic um, suplex earlier on in the match, and apparently uh, he got a stinger out of that. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't actually see uh, see the spot, but but apparently after it happened, he was moving very slowly, and I'm sure if I went back and and watch the match with with the injury news in mind I'd be able to pick it up because I was able I was able to pick up um Santana's injury of blood and guts very easily I saw I saw that the moment it happened 
I have a um, question though. Uh, Keith Lee said like he's uh, got personal stuff going on, right? Uh, yes, and apparently after uh, Dynamite went off the air, we uh, kind of got a clue as to what was going on. Um, apparently a friend of his um, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so he he's had a very rough week. So he got on the mic after the um, after the match and was explaining that and dedicated the match uh, to his friend. So um, certainly hope that uh, things turn out well. And um, I, I forget what kind of cancer um, they said it was, um, but um, for, from 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 me personally to Keith, I I know uh, very well what it's like to have uh, someone I care about uh, be dealing with uh, cancer, and I I know how scary that is. Um, so. Um, you know, prayers and thoughts go out to your friend, and and we certainly hope that um, that things turn out well for him. Um, and uh, and we've been we've been joined by a four-legged co-host friend of mine. So so, so um, Charlie, you're late, man. Yeah, we're running. So um, what are, you, what are you doing? The um, cake. So Keith Lee's got the. Got that going on, but that my question was: so are 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 they going to be off TV because if he's if he's uh, going? No, I no, I don't think so. I, th I think no, but I'm saying because I know I know about that, so, so I was like, I'm surprised they gave them the titles. Well, well, I I think I think it was just. Um, I think it was just his way to shout at his friend. I don't think it's going to keep him off TV, though. Oh, okay. But yeah, the um, the the main event was definitely the the highest of high points on the show for sure. All right, great. So is that all we have for AEW? Yes, sir. Now we have to move on to SmackDown. Oh, 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 but real quick. Um, real quick, since we're just wrapping up this AEW portion, um, interesting bit of, bit of news came out today regarding uh, AEW talent. Um, Parker Bordeaux, the former Harland, uh, debuted on the most recent tapings of AEW Dark. Oh, and there's also another one. Uh, Two Dimes is all, also uh, had a match on AEW Dark tapings. Yeah. So, uh, wow. yeah. Apparently, um, apparently he failed some sort of drug test, and um, I don't know if that's true for for fact. But apparently, the um, the um, policy violation that he had was a drug test no, violation. No, we, we all know that he's actually really swimming with the fishes. <laughs> oh god how, that was so bad Jeez. how yeah how horrific was that and then, and then like apparently uh, the Tony Angelo's phone is ringing and it's supposedly Troy Donovan calling from underneath the water <laughs> what uh, yeah well a, a cell phone doesn't work when it gets wet you motherfuckers <laughs> right. um, I mean that's just basic knowledge Electron, uh, 
Electronics and water don't mix. Right. All right, so uh, on to SmackDown, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Everything was a low point on this show. Everything. It was fucking atrocious, ladies and gentlemen. Atrocious. I almost feel bad for you that I have to run through this, but I will make it as quick and painless as possible. I only have one high point. Yeah. The Max Dupree segment. I'll just leave leave that there. Okay, well, luckily, luckily, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, he's he's being facetious. There was not a Max Dupree segment uh, this week as it relates to the uh, maximum male models. And when I when I noticed this, I was like, oh, well, maybe oh, they wait, were... Well, well, no, there wasn't, and I, I, I'm being serious now, there wasn't uh, a Max Dupree uh, segment this week because the power went out until while I was watching this. No, no, the, no, there wasn't because, uh, but but they ran, uh, they they ran like a for, for next week thing. I, oh, I, I, well, well, that's going to be my high point for next week. I well, well, no, it won't. No, it won't be because you're you're you haven't heard what it is. I already know what it. I saw I saw that part because it went out for like two seconds of power. So I saw I saw that part. Yes. Well. Um, so, reserve your low point for next week for the maximum male models because, firstly, they're well, going... my high point. No, it, no, it's not. <laughs> because, because if it was, I would no longer do this show with you out of protest. Um, and this show was already delayed once, so if it gets delayed again because of your stupidity, we're going to have a problem. Um, but, um... But no, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the maximum male models composed of uh, composed of Max Dupree, Marseille, and Mansoir will be debuting their beachwear collection next oh, week. Yeah, and we're gonna have a, a a third member. Yes, Maxine Dupree. Max, I see. Oh, I swear. If they put, if they have Max Dupree dressing up like a woman and saying that's Maxine Dupree, I, I thought that's it. Well, well, there's that, but I could, I couldn't imagine that. But, but even if it, even if it's a regular, I can't knowing knowing who's running SmackDown, I can imagine that. Well, I I don't want to. I don't I don't want to imagine uh, well, no, L- LA Knight in drag. Well, no, I'm just saying I can I can see that uh, being possibly knowing who's running the show. Yes, Bruce. I, I, I don't want to see that possibility. If if that would be the case, the title for next for the next show we do will be "Fuck Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> um, because. That would that'd be horrible. But even even if if they if they have an active member of the roster portraying uh, Maxine Dupree, I'm gonna have a problem. And even if it's somebody that we've never seen before, I still feel bad for them because this whole concept sucks. Yep. You know if um 
if if this whole maximum male model thing lasts until after SummerSlam, I would I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. Uh, because it it is that bad. Like it it really it really is. Um, but um, but trust me, there was plenty of bad shit to go around on on SmackDown, despite the um, absence of maximum male models. So, um, f- first up was um, was Michael Cole introducing Pat McAfee, who's making his return uh, to SmackDown after. Um, after getting taken out by Baron Corbin following the Money in the Bank pay-per-view in Las Vegas. That was the kick that was uh, the the that was to kick off SmackDown. Yes. Yes so it that, was. That was uh, in the role point or high point. Um well well I, I, I I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, I'm, no, I, I'm, I didn't I didn't hear if she said low point or high point. Well well I want to give it a high point because it's Pat McAfee, but I, I yeah, just go on, go on. but I I don't I don't know, but but you know, but at least they gave the upcoming um, match at SummerSlam between McAfee and Corbin a backstory, so I did appreciate that. Okay. Um. So, so Pat comes out to say that. Um, that him and um, and Corbin were roommates when they were both rookies for the Indianapolis Colts, and he wasn't insufferable back then, but he is now. Um, and he, and he he says that going into WWE turned Corbin into an insufferable douchebag. Um, he put over the fact that. The, that WWE isn't TV 14 yet. So douchebag Corbin is as far as he can go. Um, McAfee promised to slap the bad ink off of Corbin, which there's a lot of bad ink. I like his sleep. I like this. This, this is a side note because I'm a tattoo guy. Um, I like Corbin's sleeve, but the stuff on his chest, um, not so much. Um, it's I I think it's just too big. It I mean I have I have birds on my chest too. Well, I have one bird on my chest and then one on my arm. But but it's his is just like too big and the and the bird cage in the middle is just I I don't know. It's weird. I think it would look better if it wasn't so ginormous. But that's just my thought. But I I I do think his sleeve is cool. Um. But um, but so the opening segment was giving a background to the Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin situation, so I did appreciate that. So I think I'll give that a high point. Um, but then then we start getting into the low points here. The match between Liv Morgan and Natalia was terrible. I I don't I don't know what went wrong here, but um. There, there, there were a lot of uh, miscommunications between these two women that that led to a very sloppy looking match. Yeah, not, uh, it wasn't so good at all. 
and, and plus, to be honest with you folks, and I, I, I had this conversation with a, with a friend of mine when I was over watching Raw with him on Monday night. Natalia does absolutely nothing for me. She is, she's a very good technical wrestler, but, which isn't surprising given her family and everything, but um, her character bores me to death. Her wrestling style bores me to death. And every time Natalia is on the screen now, it turns into a bathroom break. You know, you know what the most annoying thing about her is? The, her, she does, vo- her voice? Well, that she does. The one thing that she does that she started doing. Yeah, what is it? Shut up! Shut up! Tell them the, just the way she says the word shut up. Tell them everyone to shut up. Yeah, I, I, I hate that. It's like, it's like, you remember how, like, like shut up? And being called a butthole in elementary school. You know how those two things were considered like the ultimate insults? Yep. Well, that's what WWE does. It's just like, excuse me, let me let me up the ante here. Instead of shut up, how about shut the fuck up, you fucking assholes? There, 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 there we go. I just I just did an adult version of the, of the, uh, the two favorite insults in elementary school. There you go. That that's what that's what Natalia sounds like on on WWE TV, an elementary school bully. And 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 when TV 14 comes back, we all know that Natalia's favorite insult is coming back. She gets to call everyone a bitch. (laughs) But that's that's not just Natalia's favorite insult, that's WWE's favorite insult. We love they love to use the word bitch. Yeah, that's their go-to word. A, a, a bitch here, a bitch there, a bitch here, a bitch there, a bitch everywhere. <laughs> what? You know what's a bitch, ladies and gentlemen? Watching SmackDown? Watching SmackDown and watching WWE Television Weekly to bring you this podcast. Elio, you know I love doing this show with you, man. You know it, and I, and I, I hope that... I hope that we are here for years to come. I, ho- I-, I hope that we're still here when you're Bruce Pritchard's age. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's just, um, but the way that WWE handles insults and, and heel work is just terrible. And speaking of terrible heel work, ladies and gentlemen, that leads me to my next low point of WWE SmackDown. Trust me, we have low points of plenty. Can we can we discuss how bad the New Day and the Viking Raiders oh segment was? God, cause stop. We had the new raid debut on SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. It was it was Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston dressed up as Vikings. <sighs> God, it was terrible. What? I mean, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so that is a low point. Just, just don't, don't go watch it. It was terrible. Speaking of another low point that I just, I just wish would go away, 
And, and, it, and it's not all of her fault. I feel like we have the same conversation every, every week when Lacey Evans is a, is a topic of conversation. Um, but this run with her as a heel, um, it, it's just absolutely fucking awful. Ben, it's awful. Ben, this is the kind of reaction I get. You people should be. You should be. You should be giving me an ovation when I log on to Zoom to do this show. So you know what? Until you can show me the respect, you can go to hell. <laughs> What? No, no, but it wasn't. But it's it's not just it's not just the the things that she says. It's presentation. It's the way she says it that's terrible because she doesn't say go to hell. She says go to hell. Oh, and she pronounces every word. You know, and, and it's just like you know. That's so brutal. She has to. She has to pronounce every single syllable. Uh, of you know, and it's just like here's here's the thing, and and, and I, I said I said the same thing last week. I I like the fact that that they're bringing. Um, Lacey Evans' real-life military history to to the forefront. I do like that. That was something that I wanted back when she was a sassy Southern Belle because I don't think that gimmick worked very well. But did you catch catch, uh, uh, what she said? Um, Which part? She used that word once uh, during a promo, that, that word nasties. Yeah, yeah, I caught, I caught that. I'm like, wait, she used that. Word. She used the word nasty. Okay. Well, it, well, but the, but the the thing is, um, you know, like I, I appreciate them bringing in her military service, but let's be honest with each other here. She's not Sergeant Slaughter. She's she's not, um. The Iron Sheik, um, you know, and 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 this is just me, right? So, so everything that Lacey Evans says in her promos is true. She's everything that she says she is. So, if that's the case, this gimmick should be working, but it's not because of her delivery. Yep. It, it's not believable. It's not, you know, sh- and in the ring, she can't back up what she says because she's not a good wrestler. I mean, no disrespect, but but in my opinion, Lacey Evans is not a good wrestler. The other aspect of the gimmick part of it is somebody with this gimmick and this legit background, I want to cheer for that person. But yet they made her a heel. They spent five weeks telling me a sob story about Lacey Evans' background, and I'm not I'm not making fun of that because I think that it is true. I think she did have a very tough, um, a very tough upbringing. But 
but just the, the way the the way the promos were done, um, you know, it's almost like forcing it on us and and making us respect her because of her background. Um, I do respect her military background, but I the character work is terrible. She should be a face if she wants us to respect um, the military background, not telling us we're nasty and shit because we're, we're reacting the way that we are. And the thing is, when she says that we're, we're nasty and, and we don't appreciate whatever, th that's not the, the reaction that she's getting of all the booze and stuff. That's not good heel work getting booze. That's this gimmick is so terrible. We want it to go away. There's a difference between heal heat and go away. And she is she's getting the go away heat. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about uh, Lacey Evans gimmick? Yeah, I, uh, this isn't working for her. I, I just don't like uh, the presentation. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And and I. I hate when they hate that they do they did that to Aaliyah. Like they brought her out for London just to waste time. For for the second straight week, not one week. This is the second straight week. I mean, but at least you're not making her lose, but still it's not helping. Well, it's not it's not help it's not helping Lacey Evans, it's not helping Aaliyah, it's not helping anybody. Yep. Um, it, it's certainly not helping the women's division of WWE being taken seriously because let's be honest with you folks, since the women's division has had problems for a long time, but since, um, since this whole thing with Sasha and Naomi broke, and, and I hate talking about it, but the, the one thing that I'll say is if if I thought that the women's division was tough to watch before they left, imagine how bad it's going to be on a consistent basis now that they're gone. Okay, and I'm going to tell you one thing. After you're done, after you, I have to ask you a question. After you're done. No, go ahead. I'm done. Oh, okay. Have you heard um, about oh, what Sasha Banks is, uh, how much she's asking for non-wrestling parents? Yes, I did. 30000 What? That, but that's cheap. That's much cheaper than what she should be getting. And she's, uh, and she's not taking any bookings until um, 2023. So January 1st, 2023. Yeah. And that seems like a long time. And it is. But to be honest with you, this woman hasn't even hit her prime. And, you know, I can't wait to see Mercedes Veronado without the, w, without the WWE shackles on her. Because now you could make the argument she made history in WWE and, you know, she was presented the right way. Her character work was awesome. That's all true. I, I I agree with you with that. She was one of the first women to uh, to um, you know main event WrestleMania. We get all that, but everything that that Sasha Banks complained about in WWE 
is coming true now that she's gone. Like everything that she said is being proven right. And 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 the thing that that drove me nuts now because when when the when the news first broke, everybody was using the word unprofessional. It's unprofessional for Sasha Banks and Naomi to to walk away the way that they did. And and um in in a strictly business perspective, yes, it yes, it it was unprofessional. But here here's the thing, because Everybody has bosses that they don't like. Everybody's asked to do something by a boss that they would rather not do, but they they have to stay there if if they if they want that job. They they have to do what what their boss tells them to do, regardless of whether they like it or not. And that was a lot of the argument that I saw against them. And that's all true. But here's why I say you can't use the word unprofessional as it relates to WWE without making me laugh my ass off. Everything. Have you seen the way Vince presents the women in the last 20 fucking years? Yep. I, I, I mean, have, have you, have you, um, you, you know, have you, have you seen the news lately regarding, regarding Vince? And, and and you want you want me to to bash Sasha Banks and Naomi for being unprofessional? Everything that they said, even if their actions were unprofessional at the time, everything that they said is true. So, in my opinion, it's warranted for them to for them to walk out. And look, Sasha Banks doesn't need WWE. You know, she's the best thing in women's wrestling right now. And, and, and Naomi, you know, Sasha Banks gets the lion's share of the attention because she's that good. And, and she's only 30 years old, for God's sake. Can you imagine what she's going to do at only 30 years old with the WWE shackles off of her? Oh, my God. That's going to be amazing for Sasha Banks. But talk about Naomi as well, right? Let's not lose sight of how talented Naomi is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, she is absolutely fantastic. You know, I um, I I pitched her winning this past year's Royal Rumble because she's that good. So you know, I think I think WWE is really is really taking the L in this whole situation because of because of everything that that one that they lost. But to all of the things that were said as, as reasons why those two women walked out, it's being proved true. There, there, was, a, there was a report that I was reading um, earlier today um, from Fightful Select that said that the, um, the women on the SmackDown side of things are very frustrated with, with the women's division right now. I saw that. Um, and it's like, well, no shit. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't need dirt sheets or any, any, any sort of backstage um, news. You know that that's that's the big headline. Every every time you want to grab attention, you know, and you and you know this because of where we both came from and how we met. Every every time you want to grab attention on a headline. What's the two new? What's the two words that start off the headline? 
You know, you know what it is. What are the what are those two words, Elio? It's backstage news. Okay, I was I was trying to so what what two words are? You know, and, and and I don't need backstage news to tell yeah, me yeah. that 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 the women's division is frustrated. All you have to do is watch TV. Oh, because now, now I've been seeing uh, the word that they use: uh, reports are saying. Well, you know, and, and look, I'm I'm not I'm not bashing anybody, you know, because you know, like I said, I I worked in the news even before I met you. You know, I was uh, I was uh, I was in a news station for four years in college. I get it, but you know, but it's just, you know, I think Sasha Banks and Naomi are coming off smelling like roses here. You know, so am I am I thrilled about having to sit out the rest of 2023 without seeing Sasha Banks and Naomi? No, I'm not. Do I think they're going to have ring rust issues uh, as a result? Yes. It, but is it worth it for them to get out of WWE? Oh, hell yes. So, you know, good for them because, you know, look, I'm not a, I'm not a WWE hater for no reason. I'm not even a WWE hater at all. I just call it the way I see it. You know, there are there are tons of people in, in WWE that I have tons of respect for, great childhood memories of, about, you know, and so on and so forth. I have there's nothing that benefits me by coming on here and being labeled a WWE hater. I'm just calling it the way I see it. That's it. So with that being said, SmackDown sucks. We know it sucks. It's oh, the worst oh, show oh, on oh, TV. Oh, uh, the, the worst uh, low point of all. The Usos and the uh, Street Profits and the, the, who the, the mystery referee is going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you stole the punchline. I was just about, I was just about to, to hit that. So, so. Tell, tell them who is. Double J. J-E. J. A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. No, it, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why it, why they did it, right? Because it's Nashville, Tennessee, and it's the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville, Tennessee. That's why they did it. Yep. It's, you know, but but it's stupid because it's, it's, I know. That he's not part, he has no part in the story. It just doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Uh, well, I'm right. I'm right there with you, brother. I, I I could take up the rest of the seven seven minutes and forty three seconds left on this Zoom clock um, <laughs> to uh, to rant to rant about it. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. But I would have at least liked to have seen somebody that made sense or that was compelling or that the fans wanted to see. Okay, who would um, you put? I would have put Sami Zayn. Oh, oh, okay. The other, the other, the other, um, the other name I was hearing, even though I never expected them to go this route because I've I've heard 
that he wants to blaze his own path away from his brothers and and you know just do his own thing is Solo Sokoa. I was about to say I was uh, I was uh, thinking that they would have gone with Solo Sokoa. You think we'll um, see? You think we'll see him on the Raw after SummerSlam? I don't. I don't know. Um, I I I really like Solo. You know, he's one of the one of the high points of NXT 2.0 for me. Um, but um, I I kind of I kind of hope that he stays away from those those. I mean, you you know that they're going to cross eventually in WWE. That's just what WWE does. I would expect that at some point. But I'm just saying, you know, don't 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 do it immediately. Like I know it. I know it makes sense. But I I really I really think from what I've heard from him in interviews that he wants to blaze his own path away from away from that of his family. Um, and, and you know, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for that mentality. I really do. So, w- whatever happens with Solo Sokoa, I hope he gets what he wants because, from what I've seen with uh, him on NXT so far, uh, this this guy is extremely talented. Yep. All right, and we're back. And now, Ben, I understand that like um, we've been sitting here. I was pulling up the Rumble. Um, the Rumble results. I was also uh, sharing a couple of things with you and uh, talking to you about what we're going to do in, for the future episodes. So that's going to eat up time on Zoom. So we don't know like when we're going to get kicked off again, but we'll be back. So like I was telling you, we can do the Raw after every pay-per-view. To make it easier for you, because it is a chore getting through Raw, especially those early episodes. Yeah, um, it, especially um, especially four through six. That the, yeah, the oh, all of February, yeah, all, all of February, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't really feeling that. Well, that's why, because you said you wanted to watch it so you can follow along and uh, give your well, thoughts. So I'm like, because well, I, I, I don't expect you to sit there and watch it be raw. I'm doing it because I want to do it, because I was inspired to like do someone to check out the early raws. Yeah, well, I, I, God bless me. I, I tried. But, um, you know. No, but yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> But six episodes in, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta fucking modi- modify this. No, but that's cool. No, and like when I say why I have like a CWA show from '86 or a Mid South show from '87, we don't have to add them all into one episode because that is too much. That's why I'm just saying I have those lined up for future episodes. Right. Exactly. All right. So let's get into this uh, Royal Rumble '93. Yeah. So for, me, first, uh, we have the kick. We have uh, the pre-show. We had one match: Doink the Clown defeating Jim Powers of the Young Stallions. And, and why? What? My question to you is this: Why didn't he wrestle Crush on that show? That's like, a good. Uh, um, you know what? I believe okay, they were building that storyline leading up to WrestleMania Nine. That's where they uh, had they uh, had the blow off match at WrestleMania yeah. nine. 
Yeah, but I mean, you can you can understand why I would ask that question. Yeah, no, I get like because it's kind of odd. Like you're in a feud with uh, Crush, but you're facing Jim Powers on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was on the pre-show, which kind of made sense because if it was on the main show, I'm sure it would have been Crush, and I don't. Absolutely. So the first match on the show. We had the Steiner Brothers and the Beverly Brothers and Ben, you messaged me about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, we are currently seeing one of the Beverly Brothers' son on uh, NXT, and that is Van Wagner. And, and I even told you, I'm like, see, the story writes itself. It makes sense. Von Wagner feuding with Braun Breaker. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But they, they won't do that. They won't bring up this history. No, so. of course not. Why would they want to do that? They don't like history. Yeah, they keep they keep revising it just as Sasha Banks. <laughs> uh, okay, so what you think of this match? Well, it, it started out a little slow, but uh, but toward the middle and the end, I think it, it picked up. But and, on, this uh, is Scott Steiner. He looked different here. Holy jeez. Well, yeah, but to be, to be honest with you, he looked healthier. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, I'm not hating on Scott Steiner, like, at all. But it's just, like, it was so obvious that he took steroids. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah. People... People people thought, like, Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire took steroids during the um during the you know the home run chase in 98 my god uh scott steiner is the poster boy for doing steroids i mean have you seen his chest lately it's like concaved no no wonder he got all the you know tattoos try to like distract from it so um is that what you got for this match? Or um, well, no, I mean I don't I don't think I don't think it would um I don't think it stacks up with like other matches that the Steiner brothers had. Yeah. Um but it was it was pretty it was pretty solid. I mean I mean you know you, you have to you have to understand like this was this was the Steiner Brothers' first like pay per view match. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah, yeah, it was her first match because uh, this this is a uh, Royal Rumble, it's 90 January '93. Right. So this was this was like their coming out party. This was not the uh, the Steiners that we um, became accustomed to. Yeah. So so at first when I saw this, I'm like the Beverly Brothers. Who the fuck? Are the Beverly Brothers lying in there with the with the with the with Steiners? But then I, then I was like, okay, well, there's a reason for that because the Steiners are just as fresh as the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> so the uh, next match in, we had a battle between former t- teammates, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jimmy, the Intercontinental Championship on the line. Um. Well, that was one of the best matches of the night for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, 
I really like the story that they told with um, Sensational Sherry. Yeah. And I was I was kind of surprised that she threw in her bag with um, Marty Janetti and turned on uh, turned on uh, Shawn Michaels. Well, you already know the story behind that, right? Uh, no, I don't. So why don't you? Uh... Okay, so um, it was Sensational Sherry um, was gonna turn was turning face, uh, so. Shawn Michaels was in match. He was went to smash to his opponent with the mirror. Instead, he I, or it was the other way around. But either way, one of them got hit with a mirror, and uh, I think it was I believe it was Sherry, and that put her out for a while. So then yeah, after after yeah. that, yeah, after uh, that, okay, uh, yeah, so that's, she, that's why she had the scar yeah, on her face. Made, okay. Yeah. So she got hit with the mirror because Shawn Michaels was going to his opponent, but he missed and hit Sherry instead. That put her out until January. She made a return at the Rumble, and she uh, she uh, went with uh, Marty Trinity. So that yeah, explains well, the story there. Well, this this match was absolutely awesome. Um, and so, but before we uh, go on, um, I'm just going to pull it up on the results up here on the Wrestling Data. I want to do like what we always do with the reviews and like the ratings. So let me just uh, uh, pull up those results. Okay. Uh, here we go. Royal Rumble 93. Okay. So that was uh, the second match on the card. Now, Ben, first of all, going back to the first match, Beverly Brothers and um, Steiners, what do you got? I would, I would give it uh, maybe two stars. Okay, so 69% uh, gave it a three. Eh, I wouldn't go that hard. <laughs> that far. And Marty and uh, Sean, what do you give that one? I would give that a, a four. Yep, 76% gave it a four. All right, so next up, next up we had the Bam Bam Bingo versus the Big Boss Man. Considering the talent involved, holy shit, this was terrible. Yeah, have, have you ever seen this version of the Big, big Boss Man? Uh, no, not, not this version, no. Okay, so this was... um. He had already, he turned a uh, face because uh, um, Teddy Biasi was feeding with Jake Roberts, right? And he stole, and he bought, he bought the boss man's service to go and retrieve um, the bag with Damien in it because it had a million dollar belt in there, right? Yeah. So the boss man and this whole, this all happened on the Brother, on the brother Love show. So boss man, um, Attack Jake oh, after God. Bruce again. Bruce <laughs> Bossman attacks Jake after one of his matches, handcuffs him to the top rope, steals his bag with Damien and the middle of the championship, walks back to the top of the entrance uh, to uh, onto the side of the brother show and delivers the bag, right? Well, he's got the bag. But uh, DiBiase and Slicker like talking about the deal that they got going, which Bossman was not aware of. That he wasn't aware that Slick uh, sold them out, yeah. right? So 
So uh, he's asking Slick what's going on, and then um, Slick telling him to relax, calm down, it's all taken care of. And DBS is uh, demanding that uh, Bossman reach in and pull the million dollar belt out and hand it to him. Exactly. And Bossman won't do that. He's like, no, if you want, if you want this, you're gonna have to get it the old fast way. You're gonna have to earn it. So he walks back to the ring, hands the bag to Jake, and then hands him the key to the handcuffs to unlock himself from the top rope. Oh, that's funny. And so that's uh, where the where Bossman turned face. Yeah, but you know, it's just um. Because I, I mean, I've seen a lot of good shit with with both these guys, uh, Boss Man and and Bam Bam Bagel, especially, um, especially Bam Bam. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for a guy his size to be able to do what he did, yep. holy shit! And uh, it, it, it it was funny because one of the one of the uh, one of the commentary. Uh, bits on that match where you know who'd be crazy enough to tattoo their head you know talking about <laughs> the, the flames on um I, on uh bam bam Bigelow's head and, and i think i think wasn't uh bobby heenan that said that right? yeah 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 and um and actually f- funny enough i found a excuse me um i found a video um, of Bam Bam Bigelow on Twitter when he actually got the tattoo. Oh wow! And um, you know, it's, it's showing him getting the tattoo, and you know, and not that I've gotten my head tattooed, but I I have a I have a friend, a very good friend who had who has, and um, and you know i i have a fair share my fair share of tattoos as well not on the head because i'm not a crazy motherfucker but uh, <laughs> but uh you know bam bam is just sitting there like you know nothing and i'll i'll, I'll tell you I, from what my friend tells me and from what i've uh, from what i've experienced getting my own tattoos you know that's no joke especially getting tattooed on the head oh, and, come on I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't. You don't feel that. And um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Bam Bam is sitting there, like he's waiting, like he's waiting for his deli meats to be delivered at the grocery store. I mean, I mean, it's just it was it was hilarious. Um, but other than that, the actual match wasn't that good. Yeah, this one. Uh, okay, what do you got for this one? I'll give it a one, honestly. Oh, okay. Um, fifty. Wow, fifteen percent were generous. They gave it a three. What? Uh, no. How is that a three? I I didn't even really I didn't even enjoy it that much. One. How is that a three? Well, I I honestly I it may be because of the talent involved. Okay, that that yeah that makes sense again. Because wrestling wise, wasn't. The best. No, I no, I don't think so. Either. And next we have for the World Heavyweight Championship, Bret Hart defending against Razor Ramon. Uh, this 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 was another uh, high point. Um, and um, yeah, it, it 
it sucks that uh, that Scott Hall never got a uh, 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 world title run. Yeah. Um, but um, this was this was a very good match. But even even with this, it was very obvious. And can, that, I, uh, can, I, can I just say only Scott Hall could get away with wearing red pants. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but he, 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 when, when, sorry, when, when I saw him in, the, in that interview segment, like prior to the Rumble, I'm like, is he wearing red pants? I mean, okay, I remember when he wore, I remember that. But I'm like, he's the only one that can get away with doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, re- wrestling attire um, is somewhat interesting. Yeah. But uh, to say the very least, but you know, this was, um, this was one of those situations where, you know, the bad guy had had, uh, to my understanding, um, just c- come in like the previous year, like yeah, in that ninety-two. Yeah, and so the, this being, um, you know, February, I believe it was. Um, the Royal Rumble was in January of, uh, I think it was January 24th, 93. Um, yeah. 93. So he was still brand new. So it wasn't, it wasn't really surprising that Brett went over at all. Um, but, um, but still, this was a very good match. And, and one of the other things that I, that I uh, kind of recognized about this match Bobby Heenan was in his glory uh, he, because he kept going after uh, Stu and Helen Hart, which if this, if this was anybody else other other than, you know, um, Bobby Heenan or maybe like Paul Heyman, I, I, I would have been like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Because like even when, even when Jerry Lawler was doing it, and I, I know Jerry Lawler was playing a heel just like Bobby Heenan was, but he like, you know, but obviously Stu and Helen were were very much up there at, at, in terms of age at this point in time. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just I I I just I don't feel like it's necessary to go after an old you know person like that to to make a point, but. You know, but like I said, I'm not the PC police, but like every, every single time that I see something like that, I just imagine like if it was, if it was my grandmother when she was still alive, like I would, I'm, I might have an issue with that. So I don't know. And what do you got? Um, but I would, I would, I would give this a four. He uh, and uh, fifty six went with the three. I could see that too. All right. Uh, now, before we go on to the actual normal mention of Ben, I'm gonna let you do this. The narcissist. <laughs> what? Yes. Well, I was I was confused because because you have to understand before I um before I watched the um the Royal Rumble, I had watched several of the preceding Raws um because I watched January too just to. Uh, oh, kind of okay. get 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 a feel for what I was looking at. Yeah, and um, and they kept teasing the debut of the narcissus. Yeah, not 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 uh, narcissus, narcissus, narcissus. 
and the way that um, the way that Bobby Heenan was pronouncing it was even more funny. Although I can't do a Bobby Heenan impression very well. Um, so so it was like I was like narcissist. Is he talking about the narcissist? You know, but um, but apparently they like rechristened him the narcissist rather than the narcissist um upon his debut and let me let me tell you this debut was like (laughs) the high high point of high points of the fucking show like this was this was my this was my favorite part of the fucking thing (laughs) you know because Bobby Heenan is just fucking tremendous you know if if there are wrestling fans out there that are not familiar or listening to this show and, and you're younger and you, you're not really familiar with Bobby Heenan, you know, pl- please uh, do yourself a favor and get familiar with this guy. This guy was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I, I, have, I have a quote here. Um, from uh, Bobby Heenan as, as he's describing uh, describing what he's seeing as uh, as Lex Luger is debuting and admiring himself in the mirror. Um, he goes, he goes. I quote: "Look at those muscles. Look at that back. Let's hear you speaking your beautiful melodious voice." You know, and, and he he was just like it was almost. And then at the at the end of at the end of the thing, as the as the curtain is going down, because there's this setup with like these three mirrors, um, you know, and uh, and the narcissist is like admiring himself and and all this other stuff. He he's wearing a, a a cape before. He granted Bobby Heenan's wish to admire his his body or whatever. So as the, but as the, as the segment's ending, I actually went back and watched this again because I was laughing my ass off. Uh, Bobby Heenan is is like getting down lower and lower as the as the, uh, as the curtain is going down, and he's like getting on his knees trying to get one last word with. Uh, with uh, Lex, and uh, it was like it was like a gay porno or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just but you but if you consider what he was saying beforehand, you know, look at those muscles, look at that back. Please, please, uh, you know, entrance us with your beautiful melodious voice. You know, it, it was just like holy shit. <laughs> but, but, like if this had been done in modern day WWE, I would have had like a you know a maximum maximum male models type reaction. But given that it was Bobby Heenan doing this, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> it was it was it was easily the highest of high points on the show. All right, that brings us to the main event itself, the Royal Rumble. Now, Ben, think of like who we have. 
in this rumble. Of course, uh, number one, we had Ric Flair, and number two, we had Bob Backlund. Interesting first two choices. Well, and, and you have to you have to keep in mind at this point, uh, you know, this is not the the this is not the Bob Backlund we knew as like world champion. This was like nine years ahead of after that. Um, yeah, you know, and and it, it was it was weird because I had to like recalibrate myself because the. Um, the way that they were booking him here, he was like a lower mid Carter, and I'm like, why is that the case? You know, I'm I'm not really sure. So I was a little surprised by that, and um, and then other other notable uh, parts of it was obviously just like in '92, uh, Bobby Heenan was going crazy for um, for Ric Flair. But that also made sense because the following night on Raw was the loser leaves town match between um, between Ric Flair and um, Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned earlier how the, the this Royal Rumble really picked up once Mr. Perfect hit the ring um, and um, and started immediately going after after Flair. And um, and so obviously I'm I'm just I'm enjoying the hell out of uh, out of Bobby Heenan, uh, you know, just uh, you know singing the praises of Flair. Um, cl- clearly, he had a man crush on Flair to almost to the same level as he did with the narcissist earlier in, earlier on in the evening. Um, and then some other some other noticeable uh, things was um, earthquake and Yokozuna beating each other up. That was <laughs> that was hilarious. And then Bobby Heenan accidentally referred to Typhoon as tugboat. And we and we also had um the debuting Giant Gonzalez who wasn't even in the match. He was just brought up to eliminate the Undertaker. Oh, oh my God! You know, even even with this debut, right? And I understand why they booked it the way he did because he's like eight feet fucking tall. Yep. Um, but even even with just this run in, how is it that Johnny Gonzalez had a WrestleMania match with the Undertaker? He was so bad. Yeah. Like you know, he was like. He was like great Kali level bad before the great Kali existed. What's you know? So I, I I don't know. I was just never a, a giant Gonzalez fan. What's surprising is number thirty, the number thirty uh, slot. Randy Savage coming out in in the number thirty slot. Yeah, and so the final two yep. were um, were Randy Savage and Okazuna. Yep. And this is one part that I didn't like because, you know, it's a Royal Rumble match, right? Everybody knows the rules of a Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously Randy Savage would know what a, what a Rumble, what a Battle Royal match is, in this case Royal Rumble. You know, he's fucking Randy Savage and he goes to, he goes to pin Yokozuna 
And now I, I, I understand that this was designed for the ending, so please don't misunderstand me. But I thought that was rather stupid because you're making one of your top talents look stupid only for a cool visual on an elimination. Because, like, Yoko kicked out of the pen with so much force that he launched... Um, he launched uh, Randy Savage over the top rope from the floor. And, you know, it's like, okay, it's cool, but it was just kind of stupid. Like, really stupid. And so, of course, so that we have uh, the winner right there. We have Yokozuna is the winner of the Rumble going on to WrestleMania. The face, Brett, the Hitman, Hart, and this Royal Rumble 93 was the first time that the winner of the Rumble went on to earned themselves a championship match at WrestleMania. And, and, you know, I, I, and I saw that match because we did a um, we did a retro WrestleMania review of WrestleMania 9. Yeah, um, so we don't have to watch the pay-per-view. A while ago, and um, I was not impressed with Yoko versus Brett. It just wasn't really a good uh, stylistic matchup. Fucking Hulk Hogan ruined uh, everything at, at the end. Exactly, and there was that too. So, you know, but th- you know, this favorite review was pretty fun, even even though I did I did find the ending of the Royal Rumble to be very very stupid. So overall, uh, what did, what what do you give this review? I would give it a seven. I would I would give it a seven out of ten. Okay, but on on a, on a one to five. If I if I if you're looking at the wrestling data, yeah, three point five. See, this is a split between three and four. <laughs> Who's the smart man? <laughs> <Ben's> <laughs> smart man. There you go, baby. All right, and uh, before we get into anything else, we should jump out because. Uh, the clock okay. is running down again. The, the, the camera, our camera guy is telling us that we have three minutes left. Yes. Don't rush us or I'll kick your ass like Eddie Kingston kicks the, kicks the cameraman's ass. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yes, I see your cue. Shut up. <laughs> and, 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 and can we talk about how Eddie Kingston should never be close to my TV, that close to my TV television screen ever again? Like back back up, you're in my personal space. You see how close he got to the cameras to the camera? Yeah. Like damn, like back up. Oh like like right, right up close. Exactly. Like, so damn. Um but we will we will give we will give our audio close up a break and jump out of here real quick. And we will be back to wrap up the uh 204th episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Stick with us. All right, so Ben, we are going to start the new um, the new thing uh, with this episode where we're not going to go through every round because I wasn't expecting you to do that. I just did it because you said you wanted to watch it so you follow along. But uh, we're going to just look at the Raw after the pay-per-view. Yes. And this one was Monday Night Raw from January 25th, 93. Now, at this point... You would think that Perfect and Flair took place on January 25th. However, 
this was already recorded on January 18th during the TV tapings for episode two. Because at this time they were they were taping matches for two raw episodes of Raw. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, I didn't even know that until I was looking at it because when I started watching these uh, shows, I was looking up the card so I could follow along. Yeah, and I was at the bottom of at the bottom of the card they have like WWF TV taping at New York City. So I click on that link and it shows all the matches that took place. Right. So pretty much the the main point the main uh, highlight of this show was the loser leaves WF match. Yeah and, and let me tell you something. This was this was a very, a very good match. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, holy crap. I mean, how could it not be with the talent involved? But I just think, I, I personally think that Mr. Perfect was just incredible. And of course, Flair was incredible at this point in time too, you know, cause he was, he was, um, he was only like in his, like, I think middle forties at this point. Um, you know, so he was a lot better than, uh, you know, what we, what we became accustomed to. And I, I, and that's not, and that's not me going after Flair. I have tremendous respect for, uh, for him. It's just that when, when you're, when you're in the ring, when you're like still 60 something, then you're going to have your last match, uh, this weekend. And when you're over 70, it just gets a little, you know. Yeah, the, the quality of, of the work just goes down with time, and that's that's natural. That's not an insult. That, but that's that's why you don't see people have the long careers that um, that Rick had, you know. So I don't I don't think I I don't think that's a negative or that's me being overly negative. Um, but uh, yeah, this was. You know, the early Raws were kind of hard to get through, as I was alluding to earlier. I don't know if I said it on the air or off, um, but this was this was one of the high points of that entire um, experience was was watching this match. And um, I really, um, I really in, enjoyed it. And and the thing that the thing that I really most appreciated was it didn't seem like it was cut off with a lot of commercials because because nowadays you see a lot of commercials and even in the early episodes of Raw that were only 45 minutes long, um, you know, even they would have like an inconveniently timed uh, commercial. So um, it it was nice that they kind of let this one go a little bit. And... um, I was just just looking back and understanding the 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 gravity of this match. I was kind of surprised that this wasn't on a pay per view. Um, I would have expected it to have been to have been on the Royal Rumble card itself because they were building this match for a few weeks prior to this. Yeah, since uh, 92, uh, primetime wrestling, you know, when uh, Perfect dumped the pitch of water on, over Bobby Heenan's head. Right, and especially um, especially with um, 
you know, with the caliber of names involved, I definitely would have expected this to main event a pay-per-view, let alone a, a random episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, this was absolute um, a really good uh, match. Um, and um, one of one of my favorites that I've seen from a, from an early from an early situation. And this was also the Kamala's uh, raw debut. Yeah, and defeating uh, the book of raw in three minutes. Yeah, some of the, some of that was weird. Like like um, they did they did the same thing with um, Yokozuna having squash matches, and I get it. You're debuting a. a a bigger talent, but it just it just seemed like uh, like these early episodes of Raw, and they had the same problem nowadays because the writing sucks. But I would I would assume that the early days of Raw were just because they were trying to figure out the flow of the show. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes they would have a squash match where it didn't necessarily make sense because they already had one earlier on in the show, and and you only have forty five minutes. You know, so it's just, I don't know. But, go on. but no no complaints otherwise. Obviously, this was a one-match kind of show, you know, where the where the attention was going to be. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, and that's where the attention should be because it, it really was that good. So, uh, no complaints there. And, um... I'm trying to look for something. Ah, yes, okay. Raw episode episode 33 of Monday Night Raw from September. Okay. Now I was just looking at something. Um okay, so that's what we have for Monday Night Raw. Now the next uh pay-per-view we have is Survivor Series, because we already saw WrestleMania. Right, because we said we're 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 gonna do things a little different. We're flipping the fire season summertime around. Summertime we're gonna do the following week because summertime weekend. Absolutely. So, uh, so we'll get Survivor Series '93 out of the way. Um, not out of the way, but I'm just you know, but I'm just saying, just in no, terms of. I have a question. We already did WrestleMania, but did you want to do the Raw after Mania Nine? Yes. Okay, we can do that. Uh, so that will be um, that will be episode. Let me take a look. That will be episode number episode number eleven. Okay. For, from April fifth, ninety three. I I can I can handle that. And uh, oh wow, here's what you have to look forward to on that one. We have Jerry Lawler's Raw debut, the Beverly Brothers' Raw debut, and the first Raw after Mania, WrestleMania 9. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, with uh, Yeah, all right. Uh, I was looking up September 27th because that one you should take a look at later, later, because you're going to see Paul Van Dale. Yeah, the, uh, the father of Carmella, right? Yeah, you actually, yeah, like, because uh, I, I never seen him before. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so yeah, finally got to see Carmela's father on WF television. Very good. 
All right, uh, so we're going to be back shortly with uh, Rob Roulette. You mean wrestling roulette? Wrestling roulette, Rob Roulette. What am I saying? You said raw roulette. I know what I was saying. I said, what am I saying, Rob Roulette? Ah, okay, <laughs> we'll be back with wrestling roulette. Fuck. All right, wrestling roulette. Weight works. I play 10 seconds of a clip. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Is that the nation of domination? No. That is the union. Oh, boo. Remember the union? That was a terrible gimmick. Come on. Yeah. That what, was bad. What a, what a, that was completely a terrible faction. Yeah. I, I really don't like that theme as much as I like the wrestler behind it uh, theory. Theory. I don't know. These themes are just... WWE needs Jim Johnson to come back. <laughs> okay, two and one. Here we go. Kevin Owens. Now, Ben, what do you think of that theme? I like it. It okay. works. And that's CFO. Oh, well. Even 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 the worst fans have, have a hit once in a while. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. In the softball section of today's wrestling roulette selection, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're four and one. Cool. Here we go. This is going on. Undertaker. Undertaker. Uh, oh, did you watch that after or? No. Yeah. No. Um, I I figured we just have too much. Yeah. I'll I'll tell I'll tell you a story before uh, we go off there. Okay. Cool. Five and one. Uh, is that Tomas or Champa? Yes. Six and one. Poor Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Teaming with the fucking Miz. (laughs) Are you ready for track eight? Yes. Here we go. The first time we had this one. Uh, I'm not sure. That is John Laurinaitis. Fuck, people power! <laughs> I don't think we've ever had that on the show. No, no, I, no. 
Okay, six and two. Okay, that was weird. Uh, check nine. Here we go. Um, I don't really know. That is Colonel Mustafa. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, so six, six and three. three. You go track 10. I don't know. Dude love? Dude love. Yes. Holy the crap. Fuck? <laughs> How? How? Because I don't know. I'm a love machine. Jeez. Seven and three. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. And second of all, wait, do you remember him ever using that? Uh, no. Neither do I. Apparently it's on the anthology. I have no idea. That is Pete Dunn. Oh, poor Pete Dunn. <laughs> now he's NXT's resident Scrappy Doo. Seven uh, and four. Well, I should say Smack SmackDown's resident Scrappy Doo. Seven and four. Here we go. Is that um Ultimate Dragon? No. Sounds like it. That what is it? Drake Maverick. Oh boo. Alright, seven and five, you are that track thirteen. Okay, I'm going downhill fast because I don't know. That is Tamina. Oh, boo. All right, I got to pick it up again. I started out really good, but now I suck. Okay, hold on. I have to play it again because I want you to listen to this one part, okay, for for, re- for a good reason. Okay, listen to this one part, okay? Cool. Does that sound awfully uh, similar to the best friends? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Seven and six, track 14. Here we go. One of the most beautiful women, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. All right, eight and six. Here we go. Track uh, fifteen. I 
At least, at least it wasn't Sensational Sherry's version, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. All right, uh, seven and uh... no, it was uh, nine no, and yeah, six. Eight, yeah, nine and six. Nine and six. Okay, here. You go. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown, friend of the show over at WPOV. He was fun to hang out with. Yeah. 10 and 6. Yeah, yeah, 10 and 6. All right, you go. Track 17. You ready? Yep. This is the first time we've ever had this one on as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know that one. I don't think I've ever heard that one. That is a gobbledygooker. Oh, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Seven. Yeah. All right, here we go. Play it again. Uh, yeah, I pass. I don't know. That is the Viking Raiders. Oh, boo. The Viking Raiders suck. I'm sorry, the new vicious Viking Raiders suck. All right. All right, 10 and uh, 9 or 10 and 8? 10 and 8. 10 and 8. Yeah. Track 19, here we go. Uh, Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, 11 and 8. Okay, here we go. Track number 20. Yep. M and M. No. Molina, okay? Okay, Molina. There we go. <laughs> it's, 12, a, 12 it's, a, it's the same theme. It's not the <laughs> 12 and 8. I would have given it to you anyways. I'm just joking. Okay. I'm just messing with you. 12 and 8. I have no idea. That is Tamina. Your other theme. Oh God! All right, so uh, twelve and nine. Apparently, she's a real sweetheart, though. There, there was this clip of uh, the Rock surprising her with a oh, new I house. I saw that. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. No, it was that was Nia Jax. 
No, that was that was Tanina. With the new house. Yeah. That was, I think I'm pretty sure that was Tamina. No, I'm pretty sure it was Nate and Jack. So now I have to check this. So Google on the fly research. Rock buys. Oh no! Hey, now I now now I have to let me chase. It's helps. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, the rock bites is was cousin to me at a house. Told ya. Yep. Told ya. All right. Yep. (laughs) All right. So Ben, twelve. 12 and 9. Yes, that was pretty good. I'm curious, so this doesn't count. I just want to see what the next one would have been. Okay. (laughs) The the Funkadaggles and Brodus Clay. It doesn't even say either of those. It just has the title. Somebody call my mama. (laughs) Yeah, so that would have been Brodus Clay. All right, so uh, the Undertaker story I have to tell you so is his debut at the Survivor Series. Or did I tell you about this? How I found out about how I found out about it? No, I don't so, think so. So, all right, uh, it's uh, the it's uh, the the day of the Survivor Series, nineteen ninety. Okay, and everyone's trying trying to figure out who Ted DiBiase's mystery partner is going to be. Right. right? So, of course, it was The Undertaker, but I already knew that The Undertaker was going to debut at 9 a.m. that morning. I already knew that he was going to be at Survivor Series because we have a, we had a newspaper here called the, the Toronto Star, and every Thursday there was a wrestling column in the paper. And so every Thursday, the librarian would photocopy the column for me because, of course, we weren't allowed to take the newspaper out of the library, right? Yeah. So she would photocopy it, and then my... So I took the column, and I was looking through it, said the rumors are that Mark Calloway, formerly of WCW, will be making the save you at tonight's Survivor Series. Yeah. That, that's cool. But I wasn't expecting what we got that night. Oh, oh, so you didn't know about the Undertaker gimmick. You just knew. No, I, I knew who Mark Callis was. I wasn't expecting the Undertaker, though. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it didn't completely ruin the surprise. Yeah. And then, uh, then like, in 19, Halloween 92, I dressed up as the Undertaker for her. I, I went to school dressed up as the Undertaker. I walked into my science class, and my science teacher's a nerd, right? He he's a wrestling fan, right? Yeah. Now he had got mad at the class. He yelled at the class uh, to to be quiet and do their work. Yeah. Then he starts talking to me, and my friends, about wrestling. And then I look at him, I'm like, but you just told us to do your work. He's like, yeah, but I trust you guys. You guys are okay, so you could talk. Like, 
Okay, sure. <laughs> it doesn't even look like you dress as the Undertaker. It's like, aren't the Undertaker's gloves orange? I'm like, your TV screen must be broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're purple. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you mistake uh, purple for orange. Well, no, I did, I, this, this, yeah, 90, uh, no, this was still the gray ones. It was 92. It still was gray ones. Oh, okay. But, but, still, but, but still, I don't know how you mistake gray for orange. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. That was awesome. Like, I, I was walking down the hall with, like, the long coat and the music playing and the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That, that's hilarious. All right, so, Ben, we're still being show to a close. Absolutely. It feels like we've had a long one. It's past 11 now. Jeez. All right. So, fans, that's it. Another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week. We got Survivor Series 93, The Raw After Mania 9, and, of course, the, the usual week in wrestling. And, and, and the SummerSlam predictions. And the Summer... Wait, SummerSlam... The, when is SummerSlam? Is that is that next week or in two weeks? Um, well, it, it's the thirty first, but I think no SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam is on the thirtieth on a Saturday. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, it's so we got one week. more week. Excuse yeah. me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we flipped it around. SummerSlam comes before Survivor Series, but uh, we're we're flipping things around this time. Okay, so that's where I got okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, my co host, I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to the greatest love you've ever-